Good evening. Uh, today is New Year's Day, and welcome to a new year. And uh, <clears throat> as we say in one of the blessings, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so also this is the year that the Lord has given us, and uh, we pray that he's given us sufficient time to find a real relationship with our, our Lord Jesus Christ through repentance and uh, to come to our salvation before we depart this life. So this is the year that the Lord has made. Let us also rejoice and be glad in it and in the life that he's given us. When we um, talked about Cain and Abel, we remember that according to the scriptural narrative, Cain, the murderer, the one who withdrew himself farther away from God, also became, as the scripture says, the builder of the first city. Uh, not a, a city in the concept that we have it today. Uh, a city in those days would have been only what we would consider a large village. But that isn't really the point. The point is that Cain was really the founder of human societies. So let's forget about the person Cain for a moment and look at the qualities which went into the founding, the qualities of Cain, which went into the founding of human societies. There was that avarice, that envy, that capacity for murdering, and all these other negative things. There was also a capacity for the good and for good qualities, because God never abandoned man, and God did not go further away from man. It was Cain who left and went away from God, not God who left and went away from Cain. So man was still had within him, darkened perhaps, but the image and likeness of God, and he had still a conscience. And God was always there for him to offer him his love and to receive him back into his bosom. And this, of course, is the story of the prodigal son. Cain goes away from God and founds a human society. The prodigal son left his father's house and went into poverty. But he went into poverty through licentious and loose living in which he spent all of his money and went really wild and fell into perhaps every kind of depravity. Uh, in the parable, the prodigal son finally comes to his senses and returns to his father's house. Well, as we approach the story of Noah, we see this struggle between two forces in mankind. The one that has fallen into this licentiousness and depravity, perhaps every manner of cruelty, uh, an easy capacity for murder and for trying to even destroy somebody else for the sake of your own happiness. And we see Noah, on the other hand, who had a, a solid, uh, peaceful life and who lived in the light of, of divine grace. And we see that he was redeemed together with representatives of various forms of nature. And afterward, when the ark settled on the mountain and man was able to leave the ark, the first thing Noah did was to offer thanksgiving and glory to God. 
So we see uh, a pious man capable of gratitude, capable of having uh, a decent, well-ordered family, capable of passing on the best, better qualities of mankind to his sons. And yet one son rejected those better qualities and condemned himself again to bondage to the passions. I would like to reflect that the flood at the time of Noah was really the flood of human passions, which had built up to such an enormous volume that it was able to drown man spiritually and to crush his life and to rob all of humanity of an authentic life and lead them into some kind of frenzy, except for those who chose to orient their will toward God, toward God's will. Well, after the flood and after this fall of Ham, and uh, we see that the descendants of Noah go into the plain of Shinar, and there they decide to build another city. But in this city, they're going to exalt themselves. And now we know that in any kind of time frame of history, that this story is not literal. Because if that were the, the case, if these things had taken place according to the chronology of Scripture, the uh, flood would have taken, would have occurred at the time when the Egyptians were building the pyramids. And uh, certainly all mankind did not speak the same language at that time. But there is something here that's rather great and important for us to see. And this is the using of skills, abilities, and talents simply for aggrandizement, simply to give ourselves a name, simply for our own interest and to exalt ourselves. This happens with, of course, kings, emperors, with um, people who have a lust for power and who desire not simply a peaceful and harmonious life, but who desire to rise up above others and to dominate others, to get ahead at all costs, to elevate oneself to the level of some kind of uh, dictatorship, monarchy, absolute monarchy, uh, even to go so far as many of the monarchs did and declare themselves gods. So what we're Seeing in this story now about the building of the city, probably Erech, uh, we found the ruins of Erech uh, in, in, in Mesopotamia, is something that takes place in our own hearts and that we follow with our own minds and will. And it's very important to understand that what's taking place here is a, con is a conflict between virtue and self-centeredness and ego, really between virtue and ego. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what the word virtue actually means and see how it is pitted against ego. And then we will see how this story about the building of the city and the Tower of Babel is about us. Babel, by the way, means gate of God. And so the city was going to be built right up the tower to the gate of God, right up to the heavens, uh, an assault on heaven itself, as it were.
The word virtue in Greek, arete, actually means to use our skills and abilities to create something beautiful and useful, or beautiful or useful, either one. Uh, a sculptor who takes a piece of stone and sculpts a beautiful statue from it because he wants to create beauty. This is virtue. He's used his skill and ability to, to the best of his ability to create something of quality, something of beauty. A sculptor who uses his talents and abilities to carve a statue only to make money or to make a name for himself. This is not virtue. This is simply business. So this is the difference between virtue and uh, just uh, ego. And in the building of the city and the building of the tower, we see that the abilities and skills were used for the sake of the ego and the self-centered and self-love, where the skills could have been used to build a home, a shelter, uh, a safe place for people to dwell in order to share their abilities and skills with other people. And this is a challenge for us. How do we use our skills, our abilities, and our talents? Do we use them for the sake of our ego and our self-love, or do we use them to share, to help, to do something for others? And this really is how the story applies to us. And it is a decision, again, that we have to take every single day of our lives. And we're running out of time, so we'll continue in a second broadcast.